Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 21, Digital Minimalism, with my ongoing special guest, Jessica Lemon. (laughs) Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. You've been on how many shows is this? I can't count. <laughs> I've lost so, yes, you're a recurring Probably guest. Half. <laughs> yeah, or should I, or should I just call you co-host? Right, co-host. Basically. I think it's becoming more co-host, <laughs> which is fine. Absolutely, absolutely. Love to do it. So, Jessica, what are you drinking today? I am drinking something someone left at my house. <laughs> called, it's in a can. It's called Bon and Viv, I'm guessing is the way you say it. Spiked seltzer. And it's cranberry flavored. So it's like seltzer water with alcohol in it. And you're drinking that out of a champagne glass. I am. It's bubbly, so I thought... To make it extra fancy. Yeah. But is it pretty good? It is good. Do you want to taste it? Sure. I can try it. I don't see why not. Tastes like bubbly water. Oh, yeah. It tastes just fine. Mm -hmm. Not too sweet. Yes, I bet. So I'm drinking a uh, caramel macchiato. I don't know. I made up some drink. I made a a cappuccino with a bunch of cream, and I put some caramel in it, and I'm drinking it out of a recycled Bob Evans um, coffee cup. To-go cup, yeah. Yeah, to-go cup. So, so far, so good. But, uh, well, let's jump into this. You have been reading the book Digital Minimalism, correct? Yes. By Cal somebody. I know. We should be prepared for Newport. this. Newport. Aha, yes. Cal Newport. Great. Yeah. And I actually heard him on a podcast uh, the other day, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then I think we got the book after we had heard that mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah, I had but... like um, Amazon emailed me that I had some $3.50 credit toward a digital download but it was only from a select group of books and it caught my eye because um actually a writer friend of mine had brought it up as well um i think it's like there's these weird whisperings going on where you just kind of pick up something and like i feel like somebody mentioned that so it sounded really familiar to me and then i looked into it and was like you know i'm gonna get that and i had you were like you know in the room and i said hey i'm gonna how does this sound for a book? Because we can share, you know, our Kindle books on our family sharing. And you were like, oh, I just heard him on a podcast. And so I just felt like it was... Yeah, and I think I heard... I think I watched a TED Talk with him too or something. Yeah, and he's the author of Deep Work, which is another book. I know who I heard it from. Um, Her name is Ronnie Lauren. And Ronnie, um, R-O-N-I, Ronnie. She'll be in the show notes. Uh, (laughs) Ronnie Lauren actually implemented what the book challenges which is a 30-day um break from like a digital detox whatever yes detox whatever you what from whatever um social media or games or streaming or whatever you feel is interrupting your your work or your life right and so she actually had mentioned it and that's where I, i had heard whisperings of it before so I had been sort of implementing a few things on my own, not not having read this book or knowing anything, just out of a need of like, oh my gosh, this is just too much. Um, I have too much going on to get on Twitter for 30 to 45 minutes. Right. So what were the things, and I have the same, um, I've had the same thing where I've kind of tried to back off of Facebook is like, you know, you sit on, you go look up something on Facebook, like, oh yeah, let me remember that person, they had a post about something. 
and I go look on in there and then, you know, 45 minutes later, I'm like, why am I still scrolling through Facebook? And so I just have tried to uh, limit the amount of time I'm on, things like that. Uh, I also have, what app did we put on our phones that that tracks how long you're on your phone? And it updates us weekly. It says, oh, you're... You know, I think that just came with iPhone. It wasn't oh, a really? special app. No, I put app. a special app on You there. did? Yeah. I didn't. Mine's oh. just my iPhone telling me what's going on. Well, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. There are several. Some, there are. Some magic on my phone tells me yeah, that, oh, by the way... I think that, that oh, just came way, with your update. So. Okay, maybe it was. But either way, I find out that, oh, you averaged... You know, you're on your phone for two and a half hours a day. And like, well, that seems completely ridiculous. Like, what was I really doing? And it By breaks the way, down uh, what in you this, do. In this book, I had just, the section that I just read, and I'm only like 30, 35% into it. So I'm definitely, you know, just, <laughs> just kind of grinding my way through it. It's kind of dense. There's a lot of research. But, uh, and he does mention that, um, there's an app that you can track that on, and one of the users was appalled. He thought he was picking up his phone 10 times a day. Turned out he was picking up his phone 40 times a day and spending nearly three hours on it. And that is the average of this app. Wow. And Cal Newport points out that while that is the average of the app, keep in mind, that's the average of the people who are already mindfully using this app because they know they have a problem. Oh, so the people that get the app <laughs> right. and think, oh, I think I, I need to cut this down. They're already sort of trying. Oh, wow. They're already aware of the problem, I should say. But I think what you're referring to is like that Facebook sort of endless scroll. I mean, I think it's important to point out that it requires quite a bit of mindfulness on our parts not to do that, knowing that the social media entity that we're using is is counterbalancing that with just billions of dollars being poured into that app in order to keep us on there as long as possible which is all these sort of little uh like a rat would get a feeder pellet for the for the positive thing that the (laughs) scientists wanted it to do that's kind of what that is each little hit so they're giving us positive things they're saying Hey, look at your march. Here's your memories. Here are the people who import, who are important to you, so that we find value in being there. And we say, "Gosh, I can't leave. I have all these badges." Uh, the other day, I was I got a badge oh, uh, because I was liking, wow. and it was just liking my friend's posts, <laughs> who is also an author. And it said, "You are, you know, one of her top fans. Congratulations!" And I remember feeling like. Oh, I'm one of her You're top like, fans. And I'm I thought, so why did I need validated like that? Like, she's a friend of mine. She's a fantastic writer. I already know this. Um, so I feel like it's important to point out that we're not just mindless zombies going through. They're, they really are trying right. to pull our attention into these. Yeah, and know, with the notifications, they have notifications. And if you, I just always find it just odd, some of the notifications. I'm like... This person likes something that you might even possibly be interested in. I'm like, what? I don't even, I barely know who this person is. So it's kind of funny. Some of the uh, notifications, if you don't have a lot of notifications, if you haven't been on there very often, you'll go through and you're like, this is sort of a fake notification. They're random, yeah. Like this, or they always have one on mine that comes up after I've been on it for a cup, like five minutes. And it says, oh, and it has to do with my author page. And they're like, oh, your author page got three Uh, new likes. I'm like, I don't know about that. Right. so it's right. kind of funny. Or it's stuff you check and then it's giving you a brand new notification. Even though you've already looked at it, it right. looks like it's like basically unread. Right. But it is. So yes, there's all these little gimmicks and things that they're right. using. Right now, Facebook is prioritizing groups. So I see a lot of group notifications. Absolutely. And so the challenge is, 
Um, you do this 30-day detox, you know, as long as it's not robbing you of your livelihood. He said you can't take 30 days off from your work email if you're going to end up fired and blame me for it. Like, you right. have to be, it has to right. be essential. Um, right. And all technology, you know, just to clear there, like, you know, we use social media. Social media has helped me sell books. It's helped you sell sure. books. It's There's a lot of good to it. I really Connect with readers. Yeah, connect with family with and friends. friends from high school mm-hmm. and things. I really do enjoy it a lot. It's just putting it in its correct place. Right. Um, I think makes sense. And that, you know, it just, because, um, you know, Facebook is trying to sell advertising. Um, so their, their whole goal is to keep you on there as long as possible and show you as much advertising as possible because that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing nefarious about it. That's just how it goes. But we just have to be mindful that if this, you know, if I'm on Facebook four hours a day on the weekends or something, or even during the week, you know, maybe that's not a good use of my time and maybe I should scroll back from that. Right. And, it's, back. <laughs> it beca- and it becomes, the lines become blurry when you use it for work because as, I mean, I'm a published author and I have new books coming out at intervals of, you know, three to five times a year. And I do need to be able to communicate that with a large swath of people. And um, I have a newsletter with, you know, maybe 2,100 subscribers, but is that getting to everybody? Are people opening their email? And so then you worry that maybe you should be sharing on this. You also want to be available to people. Um, but I was thinking about this in terms of, okay, th- this is a to-do list that winds up on my uh, planner page. It winds up, I-, I sit and design posts for Instagram, which I actually love to do. So culling that back right. is going to have to be very, very intentional for me so that I'm using it the way I should. Well, yeah, and, and Instagram's great. I mean, nothing, you know, they're both great, but mm-hmm. I think um, Instagram's really good. And I, I think a lot of artists and people like you that, that really like to do detailed things. That visual and, yeah, or just Yeah, how but it's think, really, really interesting. But I think the point I was trying to get to is like, um, I'm taking the long way to, is that we essentially make that our job and if you think about it, you're almost an employee of this social media interface where you are working to design, post, schedule, and cater to their way of doing things for that little treat in, you know, from hitting the feeder bar rather than maybe blogging on a website that we own or cultivating a newsletter list of emails that will be there long after Instagram, you know, implodes. Um we're relying on these social media places and, and treating them really like part-time jobs. Totally makes sense. I'm about to sneeze. Wait, <laughs> no. I saw it, it on passed. your face I and was I was like, like I had something really I was important done to say. And I was trying to You're think like, of something else to say. And <laughs> fill air before John sneezes. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I thought that was interesting. And you had mentioned that earlier today and you're just like, wow, we really, it does really feel like we are employees of, you know, Facebook or Instagram because I mean, they're using our content to promote this. I mean, that's, you know, but what we put on the and they're page getting is money what for people it. are, right. They're getting, we're not getting paid necessarily. I mean, no. if you're using it for a business, you can be, but you know, directly, I don't think not. it has so just as kind big of, of a reach as you think it does, though. I think that the, you really have to pay to play to get any sort of visibility at all on there. Right. So it's kind of making me wonder, how honest are they really being with us about what people are seeing and what they sure. aren't? And how can you trust when you buy an ad and they say, good news, this many people saw it. Well, how right. do you know? Right. <laughs> so it's really arbitrary. Right. And I've played that game. I've played the social media advertising game enough to know that it doesn't make a huge difference. 
um, for me personally. Um, maybe it would if I was self-published and could check like my daily sales, but I can't do that being yeah, a traditionally published author. Yeah, or if you're spending thousands author, of dollars a day or right? something. Right, or if you're spending, yeah, I know a lot of, of, um, a a lot of authors do spend up into the tens of thousands of dollars, and we're talking about per month in order to keep uh, book sales where they need it to be. And so it's it's almost like if you're playing the game at that extreme, that's one thing, but if you're just posting. So what I've been trying to do before I read this book, my goal was, like this was my, or not really a goal, but my outlook was, this was my, I need to communicate with my fans. This is my way of communicating. So I simply uh, try to communicate you know, over these different platforms and in as clear a way as possible without looking at followers, without looking at likes, without fretting over comments. Um, if I see the comment, reply or like, that's fine, but I'm not going to, yeah, not to get you know, stressed like get stressed out about, out about if it. you haven't yeah. posted like, oh my gosh, I haven't right. posted in a couple hours or a couple days right. or whatever it is. Like my goal is if, if somebody goes, oh, I wonder if Jessica Lemon has a Facebook page and they find my Facebook page, I want there to be some content in there that's relevant to what is going on. So I do employ a virtual assistant and um, she posts a lot of like, if I have a book out, because I feel like that's the important thing. So what we've kind of lost is like, okay, the important thing, I'm an author, you're a reader, you need to know when my new book is out, right? You want to know when the next book is out. Yeah, if they were going to find you on Facebook... So they didn't know I you should, were. They were yeah. like, oh, what so, would they want to know? Going, that makes okay, sense. Okay, how yeah. can I find out about her new books? Do I sign up on Amazon? Do I pay attention to Facebook? Do I sign up for her newsletter? And obviously, whenever there's a new book out, I share that information. Right. Where we get lost is where you feel like you have to do it every day and you have to find some mundane joke or some interesting nugget or some quote or something yeah. to just constantly entertain these people that you think are just hanging on to their social media feed to look <laughs> like at Like all what they're doing is watching everything yes. you do. And, yeah. and I feel like that that is being fostered by the platform, obviously. But really, that's not the case. Really, you could drop <clears> off for, and I did for, I think we talked about this the last time. I dropped yeah. off for a week, and then I dropped off for two weeks. I came back a week, and then I dropped off for two weeks. Yeah. And it just didn't make that big of a difference. Like That's interesting. It's not like you just need to, that's so true. As a business, uh, you know, as an author for you, or if somebody has a business, it's like if somebody's going to your page, I mean, unless you're paying for advertising, they're not going to find you unless they're looking for you and they heard of you from somewhere else. Right. Um, But they're not going to, if they go to your page, they're not going to want to, they're not going to care about your, you know, all the cat videos and things that you (laughs) repost. You know, like I think the reposting doesn't really make any sense for a business point, but they, but they want to have relative or relative, like interesting content. Mm -hmm. Relevant. Yeah, Yeah. That's the word. Not relative. Relative. Totally different. (laughs) It's all relative. Exactly. (laughs) But they want to have that content where, like you said, you had a book out. Okay, that's great. Or if it's a restaurant, like, hey, we have a happy hour this weekend. Mm-hmm. Or we have a new menu item or something like that. So I think that makes a lot of sense um, there. But as far as like reposting and putting jokes and just trying to put stuff on there, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the clutter, right? The yeah. content. Yeah, like, oh, you've got to post yeah. you know, 90 pieces of content every day. So, yeah. so, so I guess the, the real question, it comes down to what is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, on your business, you know, you have a business and this is a way of advertising. Um, so what that's, I think that's what you've been looking at over the last few months. It's like, okay, what is actually important? What really matters? Yeah. You know, what are your readers looking for to find you? Yeah. 
what do they need to find out from me? You know, I don't want to just drop off the planet. Like I, one of the very first things I did was, um, I think last year at some time was take um, Twitter off my phone because I found I was wasting a lot of time there. And once I removed Twitter, I was like, well, I removed Twitter. I posted something at the top of my Twitter feed that said, um, thanks so much for finding my page. I rarely check my right. notifications here if you'd like to find me. Right. I so if somebody like makes here. a comment right. where they want to had a question and you're or like, Or if they oh. specifically go find me and go, oh, she's got a Twitter feed. Oh, I don't want to follow her. She never posts anything right. here. Right. But to keep relevant on there, to keep, you know, everything, uh, not relevant, but to keep um, things. Relative? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you totally threw me off Updated. That. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yes, to keep it, keep it sort updated. of basic. fresh. Yeah, well, the point of this. To basically update it, I right. do share. If I do a blog post, it automatically shares in two places, to my right. Facebook page and my Twitter page. That way, if you go to either of those interfaces and I haven't done anything and my assistant hasn't done anything, at least you go, oh, well, she pretty much posted right. two weeks ago. It's not like well, she dropped Well, I think that same the thing, though, would be like going to somebody, like looking up somebody and going to somebody's website, and mm-hmm. the last thing on there was a special from... You know, two thousand or yeah, you know, like twenty seventeen. You're right. like, okay, that's not they. They obviously don't care about that. It's the same thing if you go to somebody's Facebook True. group and they haven't put anything on there. You know, in six months or a year, sure. you're like, okay, well, they're not really engaged. And then and what does isn't. that say to them? Is that they're just probably not going to follow, and you're not there anyway. So who cares? Right. I don't know. We just yeah. Just and then became, does that really matter? It became overwhelming, know. and specifically in the author realm. When there was sort of a big blow up of um, self-published authors coming around who were then doing all of their own marketing, a lot of the New York publishing houses started thrusting that onto us. So now we are in charge of all of the social media, all of this marketing that used to be primarily handled, the way I understand it, primarily handled by the publisher. And in the six years I've been published, I've definitely seen them back away from marketing support in favor may, of letting us do yeah, it ourselves. And that may also tell us that it's not it's not working, working or yeah. it's not quantifiable. And that's, that's the biggest exa- problem. That's can't... exactly the case. One of my publishers was like, we're just not seeing the return on it exactly. that we need to see. Yeah. And so we pulled the plug on that. So, um, And as it gets flooded too, I mean, it makes sense that Facebook limits, if you have a business and you have a business page, it makes perfectly good sense that they limit what people see, especially if it's an advertisement. If you have like, oh, you have a book on sale. Well, that's great. But if, you know, somebody's following, you know, 150 authors or 200 or 300, you know. Sure. And then their Facebook, if they saw everything that everybody posted, it would just be all advertisements the whole way. Absolutely. And so it makes sense that they I would really limit that. I really thought they that. were going to limit it as like a monthly subscription kind of thing. I thought that was what was coming. Because that was the trend with like apps on your phone. Mm. You used to be able to buy the yoga app <clears throat> and it would cost $3 or $5. Now the yoga app is $35 or $40 a year. Right. So as everything right. moved to annual or monthly, now everything. You thought Facebook like would charge I thought you. They to would have... do that. I was like, pretty soon we'll be paying monthly to have yeah, this Yeah, to have page. a business page. And it'll say if you pay this per month, you can have 10 posts a week. If you pay this per month, you can have 10. Well, or how many, I yeah. guess. But they must make more money too. on boosting individual posts and ads yeah. because they did not 
in fact, yeah. go that and maybe way, we shouldn't so. tell them that. Hopefully, they're not listening. <laughs> I'm Mark, sure they Hopefully, know. Mark Zuckerberg's not I'm listening pretty, to this and be like, I'm you pretty know, sure that that's a good idea. We're going to start charging for that, too. I'm pretty sure we are dragging <laughs> way behind and discovering exactly what methods they're using oh, to absolutely. gain our attention and, and pull money out of our wallets. And it's, I mean, but it's valid. It sure. is. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, they're horrible places that you shouldn't hang out in. Oh, not at all. The I mean, book, it's, it's a business. They're like trying the to make money. That's just how it goes. You just have to decide. First, what your values are, and second, how to use these tools, because that's what they are, to support your values. So if my values are reaching the reader on release day, then I might behave differently when a book is out than I would the rest of the week. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. It's interesting, I was thinking, um, (laughs) it's like not that long ago, we didn't have a cell phone. And even not that long, even shorter ago, there, there was no social media. I mean, Facebook right. was what, what did they say, 2008? Or uh, 2004, some, something four said, something. was when thefacebook.com the was Facebook. a thing. And it was simply, he brings this up in the beginning of the book, and it, he said it was simply a, a directory. Right. If and you remember was, from the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was at college, and that was kind of, yeah. it was a college it was directory. A directory to, so people, you could see what's so going on with people. you could find people. people. Right. Um, before that, there were a couple of other endeavors. Obviously, MySpace and things. Um, before MySpace, there was something Friendster? else. Friendster? Was it called Friendster? I don't Friendster? know. People, I, people say that. I, I feel I've like never, it was called Friendster. I was never on it. I was so, on yeah. it. Um, oh, okay. My best friend told me about it, and I was on it. And we sort of. And then before, even before that, um, I can't remember what it was called now it was so long ago but my (laughs) we actually signed up it was a family website kind of like where you pull in all your family tree you know whoever had email addresses and then you would post and only your family members would see that and then it became a paid per year kind of thing it was like $35 a year to do it but my aunt was on all my cousins my grandmother you know our our parents just the people that we would only see family posts from so it's so funny to think about that and that was a long time ago it's so funny to think about that and how that was just sort of the I don't know like that's what Facebook is but it's just this huge conglomerate and one of the things that Cal Newport says is in the book is that we didn't sign up for this. We thought, oh, cool, someplace to interact with my friends and family. We didn't think, oh, cool, someplace I'm going to spend two to three hours a day on being marketed to constantly. Right. So we didn't, it's sort of evolved and everybody's like, it's like the new. It's like the new TV. Like yeah. TV was the big thing. Like, oh my gosh, you're rotting your brain by watching TV. Yeah. You know, however many hours a day and then it's kind of switched to this. Yeah. yeah. The damage comes often. in how many times you pick up your phone, how often you check and how it just doesn't have any value. So I think the point yeah. of the book and the point of these tools is they're very very good to use if they have value to you. That's the important part, is being responsible about using them because you really are like holding a live grenade when you go on there. <laughs> like yeah. they're ready with advertisers and bait and rewards and everything to pull you in and keep your eyeballs on the screen right. and what are you missing while you're on there. Yeah, it just kind of reminds me, it's similar to when you listen to Dave Ramsey talks about with finances, how uh, banks make a lot of money mm-hmm. and and they advertise a lot to make loans, you know, and getting sure. credit cards. And, you know, I mean, we have what Samuel Jackson's on 
Yes. One of the, yes. you know, on the Capital One commercials and all that. And it's just kind of like, Garner. yeah, they have, mm. they pay millions of dollars to these sure. actors that we love to advertise to credit cards so people can, you know, get a credit card. So it's the same kind of thing. And it's not, you know, it's not nefarious. It's just. Right. And we, is, it's not, we're never going to use a bank. Yeah, it's not like yeah, that. Exactly. And <laughs> it's like, you know, do bank. I get a Capital yeah. One card? Is that going to help me or not? And yeah. if it does, good. If not, you know, so we just have to make, kind of take a step back and see. But it is interesting though. So we, let's see, when I first met you, did you have a cell phone when I first met you or you just got it? I did. I had, was 97. A, I had an emergency. It was known as my emergency phone. So you didn't have it when you went on vacation before you started working out back, right? Uh, no. Uh, maybe. I kept I it, like, here's did. how irrelevant this was in my life. Yeah. I kept this phone, which was roughly the size of a bread box, <laughs> and had a curly cord attached to it. Oh, I yeah. kept that phone off in my glove compartment. Ah. Uh. It had... 20 minutes a month on it or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. That somebody, I think my grandfather or my mom might have paid for it as a gift for the year. That way, if my car broke down or I had an emergency, you would plug that curly cord into the... (laughs) (laughs) This is... Cigarette adapter, yeah. Yeah, into the little cigarette lighter. (laughs) Turn on the phone and make the emergency phone call that you needed to make. Gotcha. Um, I think I used it twice ever in my yeah. life. Neither were emergencies. Uh, I don't of know. Course. I was probably just adding more minutes or testing to make sure it worked, <laughs> in fact. Um, because That's that funny. was the day and age when you have a pager and then oh, go find a payphone to yes. make the call back to whoever this important pager number was that was calling Correct. you. Yes. So now that I've made us sound 100 years old. I know, right? It is funny because it's not that, because it's what, 21 years ago or 20 years It's not that long ago, but if yeah. you're 16 or... 18 yeah. or some of our nieces and nephews right. they you know it's it's like talking like about when history, yeah it's like, like talking about phone. when the telephone was invented yeah, yeah yeah like oh we have a solid telephone on the on the yeah. wall and a party line you have to actually crank it and you're like what you're crazy <laughs> like what yeah a pager yeah. never heard of it so but i just think it's interesting because and then it was a while until um you know we had cell phones and then we had you know, a little Nokia, and then you get a flip phone, and they're like, oh, then you can text, and you use the old T9 thing, which took like a million years yes. to send every text Which message. is you hit, like, if the, if, I mean, I don't even remember what letters are I forget are what on. it was. Let me see what letters are even on a phone. Yeah, because it was so. so long. <laughs> so, like, okay, so if the number two on your phone is ABC, you would have to press the number two <laughs> one time to get an A, two times to get a B, three times to get a C, and four times to get that two. Or it might be the opposite of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. First. No, I think that was But right. anyway, that was like Letters the way you text. Number. So it was a letter <clears throat> at a time. It wasn't. Right. It was none of this. But there was no. Punching it into a keyboard. Yeah, there was none of that. There was no voice talk. There was no picking up your phone constantly to look at Facebook and all these things. And I just think it's interesting how. You know, we survived and it was totally fine. And yes, I love my phone, but it's just like, do I need to be picking it up and look? And that was the interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, about that app that on my phone that tracks how much I usage. It's like, how many times did you pick it up? And then it categorizes. It's like, okay, you used it this much for social media. You know, this many. And it's just that. I think the interruption to your normal day. You know, just that mindless, like, oh, let me go check my phone. Like, it's just that thing. And I feel like 
know, because I'm so old. But I feel like the younger <laughs> people, you know, are just used to that, and that's just what they do. Like yes. we go out to dinner, and they're just on their phone the whole time. We're like, okay, what well, you know, where maybe we aren't as much. But, but that pull to check it is back when I deleted Twitter off my phone. I deleted, I think, everything off my phone. And ended up putting things back on because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a pain in the butt right. if I want to share a photo. Like I'm out, you know, t- right. I've signed a book. I take a picture of me signing the book and I want to share it while I'm still there. Right. But then I thought later, like, why do you need to share it while you're still there? Why point. do you need to check Facebook ever while you're out? That's true. I mean, Instagram, uh, you have to have it on your phone, right? Not anymore. Well, you do if you post directly from from Instagram, but there's actually a few apps. Um, one specifically I I'm just started using called Planoly. Planoly. I think I'm saying that right. Can you use that on your computer then you can use it on the computer like your, or your cell phone and it posts to instagram instantly and you do like automatically i mean and you don't have to have instagram and you can schedule it right yes okay. you can schedule ahead of time to post now i was using a, hmm. a platform called Bu- buffer to schedule but it required that i it's like your instagram's ready and then you'd have to get it open Instagram, post it on Instagram, and then you're on Instagram, right? right. I mean, I guess the idea, like yeah, and the point is... So there are things that you yeah. can use to get around having to be on your mobile phone, even on Instagram. It just depends on what's right. important to you and if that's valid. Yeah, and you can get onto you know, Facebook from you know a laptop or a computer or whatever as well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be on your of phone. The, and I think that's good. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, one of the... Um, instances in the book that he he has a lot of people that tested this 30 mm-hmm. day digital detox out and one of the examples somebody used was she found value in a certain facebook group she was on and so she deleted facebook from her phone and the shortcut link on her computer goes directly to that group um somebody, oh, so she can go on her computer yes. use a bookmark and yep. then go right to the yep. that actual page and then Somebody check that page bookmarked or that group. their notification page so you there's a page where you have all your notifications listed so she would just bookmark the notification page it would go straight to notifications and she would check down the notifications and then she would leave Other as opposed people, to going to the home page yeah, and then doing and the then scroll you're, and for then like you four see hours something, <laughs> yeah and then you see something and you see a million things and suddenly you're scrolling right. it's yeah because how many times do you go to facebook i know i do yeah. this and I forget what I was For doing. For information. Like I went there, get, I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to check on that. And then all of a sudden I've scrolled through yeah. like 20 different things. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what the heck was I supposed to do? So The other day I went on to Instagram to see if a certain review, somebody was supposed to review my book and it was a very positive review and I was going to pull a quote. And they were like, you know, review to come at this website. So I was like, well, they always update their Instagram page. I'll go there and check. Ten minutes later, I had turned off the app, went back to my computer and I was like, Oh, I, what that's I what doing? I was doing. I was grabbing that quote. And exactly. I never even looked up, you know. So it's just, yeah, it's habitual. And I think it just requires a little bit of mindfulness and just kind of knowing what you get into, what, what you're getting into. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, I think that's so important. It's just, you know, what's really important. And then you're talking about um, something in the book also, how, uh, we just don't have quiet time. Like we don't sit and mm-hmm. contemplate things. Solitude. Yeah, we don't have any solitude. Mm-hmm. And what was the? You had the example of. Well, um, one of the things I wrote down. I don't know if this is what we talked about or not, but mm-hmm. it might. It might trigger something that we did talk about. Um, is the idea of solitude deprivation, which means we don't have any moments where we don't have a podcast. Um, 
music, um, social media. Right, except for this podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, us too. But yes. But um, he mentioned that it was rare in the past, you know, like the one of the biggest things we used to use way back when we were, you know, in high school and junior high. For those of us who went to high school and weren't homeschooled, we would do this, John. If that helps. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, was like Sony Walkman or Sony Discman. Sure. So how did you use your Walkman? It was always like long car rides or some specific time when you wanted to intentionally use it That's it's right. not like you yeah, were you're listening to music you didn't do it a, a bus ride for me it had a long bus ride yeah. um to school uh but never it, would you see people or rarely would you see people like standing in line at the bmv with their walkman on or, or walking the grocery store walk, yeah thing. walking the store in the crosswalk yeah, i mean not that you never saw that i'm not saying right. that but he was just pointing out that we're filling every quiet moment with outside input and it leaves very little room for your own thought and when you have solitude deprivation and you don't because we're not we're not made to be plugged in all the time it can affect you in negative ways and he he's going into the part i'm on now he's going into and i won't go into this now but he's going into how it's affecting the generation that came that's coming after millennials the that have always been plugged in and how there's a rise um, anxiety mm-hmm. and we've talked about this because we have friends who have kids and they're all anxious and the rise of you know the younger generation having anxiety has coincided with the rise of the smartphone and this sort of trigger need to check and communicate and be plugged in and be wired all of the time yeah absolutely and it reminds me of uh, something I did see when I was mindlessly scrolling on social media <laughs> And it was a picture. It looked like it was a, um, like the far side, but it said the, the new tan lines, and it showed a, a white yes, spot I saw that where one. it showed yeah. like your hands, you know, where you're holding your phone, yeah. and the sun is not touching. There's a a phone and arm shaped. Yes, on people's bellies. Yeah, tan line on your stomach. Yes, so very, that's very everybody funny. goes to the beach. To go hang yeah. out with people and have a good time, and they're just sitting on their phone the whole time. Well, so. and if you've ever mindfully put your phone down, which I've been doing, uh, like I said before, I read this book, I was just kind of thinking, I'm not going to pick up my phone tonight. Because you read, you're like, you know, I want to be at dinner, I want to be present. Right. So if you mindfully do that and pay attention, you will notice that nobody else you're with is doing that. They will all pick up their phone, they will all look, all heads are down. So mm-hmm. it is very pervasive even among our generation that need to check and check and check but i think the positive message to take away and the good news is that once you get away from it and you are not used to checking it it becomes less of a kind of knee-jerk reaction to boredom yeah i think so it is you have to fill the the void yeah like it's like smoking you quit smoking you have to start doing something else like eating smarties right right every time you would normally go smoke (laughs) so then you're diabetic i'm not a smoker i don't know what yeah something whatever that would be but yeah horrible example (laughs) but anyway i'm sorry go ahead but no yeah and i think um the more you get away from it the more you realize that you know everybody's on it or that you are on it all the time and then there's that reaction where like oh this i need to grab my phone i need to grab my phone and it's do you really need to and i think that's the i think that's the whole point of this is just to be mindful enough of you know if i wanted to get on facebook and check in on you know some friends and family stuff see what's going on that's great or if i have a page 
you know, for you know an author page or whatever for business. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it makes sense, but it's just letting it, you know, take over what you're doing or interrupting, you know, we're out to dinner and then I'm checking Facebook. Well, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. I should be talking to the person that I'm having dinner with or something like that. Yeah, so. I think the most interesting thing about this book has been the ways people were, like, making their decisions about doing things like... Um, Maybe you say, okay, I'm going to reserve Saturday morning for checking all my face on my Facebook. Right. But I'm going to ignore it the rest of the week. Right. I'm going to ignore it Sunday through Friday. So there, there's a way that's right for everybody. You know, I think with those of us that have businesses on, and I mean, I have, you know, I have a Color Street um, business on the side, which is direct sales. That is solely run from my Facebook. I can't just check out of that for 30 days. So just being mindful of how to post, um, when to pay attention to it, how to carve out enough time to serve the customers that I have there. Right. That's still relevant. Right. But it doesn't mean I have to fall into the black hole of Facebook and scroll through posts from people who... I barely know right, 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 at most right. of the time. So right, I mean, and if you want to do that, that's fine. So that was the so the three points in the book um, that you were telling me were the first one is to do this thirty day digital detox, or even if you do it for a shorter period of time or whatever, is to define what your technology rules are. Mm-hmm. And so that would be what. Well, exactly? that means like like I mentioned, if you have a work email that you're required to check. That is a requirement. You have to do that. That's not on your optional list. It might include Facebook and other social media platforms. It might include um, Candy Crush, if that is robbing you of time. Maybe you're kind of addicted to, I guess. Right. It might include Netflix. If you find yourself binging shows instead of getting your work done or you're spending time with your kids or doing personal chores. So whatever is keeping you, whatever's an interruption, a compulsive interruption of your life, it's evaluating those and drawing the line around it. Right. And it's not like, yeah, and I think that that's a, a good point, though. It's not just like, okay... You're going to do a 30-day digital detox. You're just going to put your phone right. in the toilet and not use it, you know, <laughs> right. like or whatever. Right. In a drawer. Right. Exactly. No, that Take is not the Take all the apps case. off your phone yeah. and, yeah. But it is. But, if, but he does challenge you. But if that is important to you, like for my 30-day detox, um, I haven't decided when to start it yet. We are doing a 21-day um, like healthy eating cleanse that wellness we do program. every single Correct. year. A wellness program is a better, I hate the word cleanse, but well, yeah. uh, is a better term for it so i thought i wonder if i coincided it with that right we start both of those on april 22nd you know that might be interesting and then we can come back here and be like you know but anyway for mine i thought definitely the apps could come off my phone i would just have to be specific and mindful about the posts that if i have a book released if i need if there's news that i need to get to my readers if there's to have that set up in advance or or if it's even a personal you know i want to check in with my friends or if i have to check in with this group or i want to be there to see it's just mindfully scheduling that time rather than mindlessly picking up your phone and randomly checking whatever comes up you know yeah no that so often it's like, like a really good friend i've had for 15 years whose daughter just had a baby that's nice but right, it's exactly. also not i don't need to know today i don't need to know that right yeah. now i, I you know i've been checking every couple days person. or once a week yeah. or something yeah. like i keep in touch with this person because i care about them and right. their lives it's not that right um but 
will that 30 days of not finding that out, like, is that really sure. relevant? Are you going to miss so, out or not? Mm-hmm. That's true. And what's the second one? I well, it says, uh, yeah, you take a 30-day break, like you said, and then the third one is you reintroduce the technology. And I think the key is, though, mm-hmm. that after that 30 days is that you're just so mindful of what was helpful or what was not helpful. Yeah. Um, well, he says to allow, I'll just read this part, to yeah. allow an optional technology back into your life. So, again, these are optional technologies that are that are not work email right uh, at the end of your digital declutter the technology must one serve something you deeply value so it needs to offer some benefit or, or i'm sorry offering some benefit is not enough so it needs to it needs to serve you deeply uh, number two be the best way to use the technology to serve this value if it's not replace it with something better for example when i mentioned i was using um the buffer platform to post on Instagram, it requires me to be physically on Instagram to post my scheduled post. Right. When I switch to Planoly, I can schedule it and Planoly goes direct to Instagram and I don't have to touch it. So right. it's saying the best way to use that technology. So if I'm if I determine that Instagram is the most important platform for my business, then maybe I employ one of these other tools to post it. Yeah, and no, num- it totally makes sense. And number three is have um, the technology must have a role in your life that is constrained with a standard operating procedure that specifies both when and how you use it. So I'm checking my Facebook groups twice a week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from my PC, from my right iMac, whatever. Right, right. So that's how instead you have of, to. You have to have instead of just whenever you have a it. spare moment, yep. you're checking your phone. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's I, just being aware of it is the key. And again, it's not like it's totally all negative and it's all ruining your life. But no, not at all. But if you know, if there's better things you could be doing with your time. But I think if you find or yourself doing nothing, where you could just relax, and, have the solitude, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think if you find yourself. Uh, complaining about it like um, I'm so overwhelmed I'm so anxious I don't have time to do anything Um, two of my really good writer friends um, by the way they're spectacular amazing writers so I'm going to drop their names totally name drop here but um, Stephanie London and Lauren Lane and I have talked about this Um, and I won't put words into their mouth but from my point of view just the rise of social media and the subsequent robbery of the very thing we love which is writing books um we all love to write we value expressing ourselves through that medium but the more time we spent on social media the more we felt we were kind of playing the game and the more unhappy we became with it it was like wait a minute i wanted to write books not serve the gods of facebook or instagram (laughs) right right? like it becomes like if you're heavily doing social media and not the thing you love, then what is the point? There has to be a book for you to promote and talk about. You need to be right. excited. So instead about of what doing, doing the work that you really wanted to do, yeah. you get caught up with this. And, and then it's a lot very of time, easy to do. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy to do. And then, excuse me, but then a lot of times you don't even know if you're actually doing, if it's even helpful. You know, if this is even. Yeah. Is it yield, even, Is it getting, like, what's the goal? Is it selling more books? Is it gaining more readers? Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to quantify it for sure. So, but yeah, I just I don't know. I think the, and I think the rise of um, of 
Yeah, of people just not having quiet time and not thinking. Yeah. Um, because then, you need that. Right. And I think that's part of, of the reason that um, uh, meditating has become so mm-hmm. important is just people don't, yes. you know, in prayer is the same kind of thing. Like people don't spend as much time quietly praying or quietly meditating. Oh, we can't just, even meditate. Or thinking on You things. sit down and meditate for 10 minutes and you're like, oh gosh. This is, like, and meanwhile, this is crazy. you're spending two hours and 41 minutes a day on your phone. Right. So that you, that you pick up and check. It just shows that it's changing your brain chemistry and the way that your your brain is working. It's all that wiring and firing stuff that you should really do on a podcast yeah, yeah. and talk a little bit about. Dr. Joe Dismond. Yeah, Joe we should do that. About. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I feel like that's what's happened is that it's changing the blueprint of our brains. Mm-hmm. And then we are left going, oh my gosh, what do we do? And the thing that I like about, again, the book is um, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. The thing I like most about the book is he doesn't have a one-size-fits-all plan. It's just, it right. doesn't say, right. here's what you do with Facebook. Here's doesn't what say you do don't ever Instagram. be on Facebook right. yeah, or he, social media. Yeah. He is allowing you to say, I value this. It's incredibly important to me, but this is the responsible way I'm going to use it. Yes. And as human beings, none of us like to be told what to do and what we can't do. It kind of brings out that inner rebellion. So it kind of allows you to do your own uh, post-mortem kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. after the, you know During the 30 days, you're like, okay, what's important? What matters? And I think the whole point, though, is like, is this technology or is this app or is this thing serving me? And if it's serving me and it's helping me in my life or my business, then of course you should do it. But, you know, maybe limit it and put it at in a box in a time period instead yeah. of letting it take over um, because it, it has been helpful for you, you know, as an author and things, but you also need to write the book. So you yeah. can't be worried about posting cat videos and every little right. thing that you ate or whatever, you right. know, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, because you actually need to do the work, which is what you love to do. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's a good place to stop. What do you think? I think that's perfect. Yeah. Well, your drink's gone as well. My so drink's that's gone. <laughs> More importantly, my spiked seltzer water is gone. Spiked seltzer water. Awesome. Well, Jessica, thanks for coming on. Um, as always, I will have links to the things that we discussed in the show notes at onedrinkwithjohn.com. And that's all I got. Jessica, any parting words? Uh, yeah, just be a little more mindful. The next time you are in a social situation, be incredibly mindful of what you're doing with your smartphone and just start to recognize the moments that you're lifting it up, reaching for it. Uh, Pay specific attention to if you see someone else pick up their smartphone, you will then be triggered to pick up your smartphone. I've been noticing little things like that and it really is just an automation that, that is in our lives now that you can beat, but you have to be aware of it first. Excellent. Well, sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful day.